Well, welcome City First Church. We are so glad that you are joining us today. No matter where you're watching from, God Behind Bars, our Cape Coral family, Spring Creek and State Line watching via a screen somewhere right now. No matter where you're joining us from, you are part of the City First Church family. And on behalf of our senior pastors, Jeremy and Jen, we are so glad that you are with us today. You are in the right place. Now it's hard to believe that it is already the month of September, right? It feels like March was just like 16 years ago, but here we are in a brand new month. And I believe that God wants to do brand new things in us and through us. Now, the last few months have been long, and I think that the climate of our world has taken a toll on all of us in one way or another. And I actually got a text message from a friend last week, and it had a photo of a window in her home that was completely shattered because someone hit a golf ball through the window. And attached to that picture in the message was just four simple words that she sent me. Is 2020 over yet? Is 2020 over yet? And I thought, man, she just summed up what so many of us are feeling right now. You know, I heard someone use a phrase the other week that on a scale of zero to 2020, like how bad is it? From zero to 2020, how bad is it? Because 2020 has been tough. And for some, the impact has been more severe and more heightened than others. But what I believe to be true is that no one has been exempt from the effects of 2020. And yet in my own life, personally, as I've been navigating 2020 and all that has come with it, the Holy Spirit has so kindly been whispering to me these last few weeks, don't miss out on what I'm wanting to do in this season. Don't resent this season. Don't hate this season. Don't waste this season. You know, it's in the hard times of life when often the most growth happens. There's something that develops within us in the hard times of life. And I know that God is developing something within each and every one of us during this season. That on the other side, God will take what the enemy intended for evil and he will turn it around for good. And I love Pastor Chad's message this past weekend. If you missed it, go back and watch it. You know, if you're new to City First, go binge watch some City First messages. You'll be happy that you did it. It's going to be so good for you. But Chad talked about the spirit of a buffalo and how buffaloes are one of the only animals that actually run into a storm instead of away from the storm. And they run into a storm without fear. And before I knew what Chad was going to be talking about, I knew what I was going to be talking about this weekend. And it is as if God lined it up so perfectly. And so today I want to continue to build on the thought of running into the storms and the fact that Jesus meets us in the middle of our storms. And because Jesus meets us in the middle of our storms, we can be strong even in the storms of life. And speaking of storms, I just have to admit to you that one of my favorite movies of all time is Twister, 1996, Helen Hunt, Bill Paxton, Cow, right? If you know what I'm talking about, drop a line in the chat right now. And this movie is based all around storms, twisters, tornadoes, and the things that make storms so scary and so intense is most of the time, you don't see the storm coming. You're blindsided by it. Hello, COVID. Not only what makes storms scary is that you don't see them coming, is that you don't know how long they're going to last. Hello, COVID. 
And not only do you not see them coming, you don't know how long they're going to last, but they are completely out of your control. And all the control freaks have a problem with that right now. You're saying amen. And everybody responds to storms differently. Some people, you are like the hunkered down people during a storm. You're in the basement, not if you're in Florida because you don't have basements, but everywhere else with the mattress over you, you wait it out. And then there are the people who are captivated by the storms. You're out there live streaming it. You're capturing it, filming it. But the truth is that we are all facing some type of storm. Yes, maybe within COVID, but also maybe outside of COVID. Maybe it's something in your personal life, with your family, with your finances, something that's going on with your health, something that you are wrestling out internally. All of us are facing some type of a storm. And so today I want to look at a very famous passage from the Bible in the book of Matthew chapter 14, and it's about Jesus and his disciples and how they encounter a storm. And my prayer is that as we read this together, Maybe you've heard it before. May you hear it like it's the first time that you've ever heard it. Because what we're going to read is God's truth. And that truth is going to help us to know how to navigate the storms of life. There's a lot of things that are trying to tell us how to navigate this season. But what we need to be following is God's truth. Not our own feelings, not others' opinions, but the truth that comes from God. So go ahead and open up your Bible if you have one or the City First Church app. Or else it's going to be on the screen for you. So here we go. We're reading from Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat by this time was a long way from land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and they said, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took a hold of him saying, oh, you of little faith, why do you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshiped him saying, truly you are the son of God. What an incredible passage. One of my favorite passages in the Bible. But before we dive into the text that we just read, I want to give us a little bit of context to make even more sense of the scripture that we're going to be talking about today. In the verses leading up to this, Jesus had just performed a miracle, a famous miracle, where he fed 5,000 people. And actually, it's Jesus feeding 5,000 men. And in addition to that, there were, there were women and children. So Jesus just fed 20,000 people just from a couple loaves of bread and a couple of fish. What should have fed a few people fed thousands and thousands of people. It's a miracle. There's this whole sea of people. And they were hungry and Jesus was able to feed them with just a little bit. He multiplied it until there was more than enough. 
And if you're new to faith or the Bible and you hear us talking about the disciples, who are the disciples? The disciples were Jesus's most inner circle. These were the men that they abandoned everything else. They left their day jobs to follow Jesus. And Jesus discipled them. He mentored them. These were Jesus's ride or die. These were his favorites in his phone list. Like these were Jesus's guys. And so the disciples were just a part of seeing Jesus do this miracle of feeding 20,000 people. If that was you or I witnessing a miracle firsthand, man, we would be ecstatic. We'd be posting about it, calling everybody. I just saw Jesus take what should have fed a few people and he fed over 20,000 people. That's the experience that the disciples just had before they get into the boat. You think that their faith would be so high and yet they get into the boat and not even 24 hours later is where we just pick up in this passage and what we just read, they experience this miracle moment and then they get in the boat and then the winds come and then the waves come and then the fear comes and then the disciples forgot. So we're going to dive into this passage and we're going to pull out five truths that will help us to be strong in the storms of life. And the first truth is this, simply remember, remember, remember. If the disciples were in the middle of the storm and the waves are pounding and the boat is rocking and fear is creeping in, if they would have just stopped and said, hang on one second, Jesus literally just turned three loaves of bread and two fish and enough food to feed 20,000 people yesterday. Surely he can help us today. If Jesus is the one who told us to get into the boat, surely he's going to see us through to make sure that we make it to the other side. But how quickly they forgot the goodness and the character of Jesus and how quickly we can forget the goodness and the character of Jesus. And just because the circumstances change for the disciples does not mean that the character and the dependability of Jesus changed. Our circumstances are not greater than the greatness of our God. Our circumstances, your circumstances, the very thing that you are facing is not greater than the greatness of our God. God is greater. If God took care of you in 1985 and in 1990 and 1995 and 2005 and 2010, he is going to take care of you in 2020. We don't want to forget. I want to encourage you to spend some time and reflect on all of the ways that God has come through for you before. And your faith will be built up that if he did it before, he can do it again. As we remember God's character, as we remember his promises, as we remember his faithfulness, we will remember to trust him. We want to be people who remember, even in the middle of the storm, what God has done outside of the storm. The second truth that we're going to focus on that's going to help us to stay strong in the storms is to realize you are not alone. You're not alone. You know, when you're in the middle of the storm and everything is rocky and it feels uncertain and out of control and there's waves and salt water in your eye, it can be hard to see things clearly. And the enemy wants it to be that way, that you would feel confused, that you would feel alone, that you would feel isolated, that you would believe that you are all by yourself. You know, even the term that our culture has had to adapt to, socially distanced, drives me crazy. 
Because yes, we may need to be physically distanced, but we can still be socially connected. Do you know that depression, suicide is at an all time high in these past six months because we were not created to be alone. We are created to be in community. And that's why we always are saying you need church and you need to do church with somebody because we're created to do life together. You need a life group. Watch church with a friend. If you're not at Cape Coral, and your Spring Creek and State Line location, let's gather together in groups because we need each other. And it's not only important that we're with other people, it's vitally important to remember that Jesus is with you and that we need him. You know, when the disciples were in the middle of the boat and the storm came, do you know what? Jesus came to them. In verse 24, it says that in the night, in the fourth watch of the night, early in the morning, Jesus came to them. He sought them out. You know, while you're worrying, Jesus is on the way. And just like Jesus walked on water to get to the disciples, he'd walk on water, do whatever it takes, die on the cross just to be with you. You are not alone right now. You know, the disciples, as they're sitting in the boat in the middle of the sea and the waves are there and their boat is rocking and fear is coming in, they probably felt overlooked, unseen, unheard in their unrest. And yet while they were worrying, Jesus was walking, moving near to them. And even right now, I believe that Jesus is near to you. In the middle of the storms, you are not alone. The third thing that we want to look at from this passage that's going to help us to be strong in the storms of life is we are going to speak life. And in the passage, we see the disciples do opposite of that. So today we want to talk about the power of our words for just a moment. And there's so much scripture that supports this. It says this in Proverbs 15:4, gentle words bring life and health, but a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Proverbs 18, 21 says, the tongue has the power of life or of death. Ephesians 4, 29 says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Now I could read scriptures all day long about the power of our words, that we are to be speaking life and not death. And yet so often we underestimate this truth. We don't think about what we're thinking about. We don't think about what we're saying, but we need to begin to be aware of that, especially while we're in the middle of the storm. We need to encourage others and we need to encourage ourselves. And you think about how powerful are words. Well, let's put it this way. Like how come you can't remember where you put your keys at, but you can remember a song that you have not heard for decades, right? Like I can't remember my password to Facebook, but I know every single word to the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air theme song from 1990. You think I'm joking, but I'm not. Now this is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down. I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there. I'll tell you how I became the prince of a town called Bel-Air. So I'm not gonna keep going, okay? But you know what I'm saying. We know all of the words to every single song and why? Because we've listened to them so much and we've said them so much that they stick with us. We remember what we say and we believe what we say. You know, in the passage that we're reading about here, we see the disciples and Peter, it says that they called 
out in fear. He felt fear, and so he spoke fear. It's a ghost. He's taking a feeling, and he's making it a fact, and then he's declaring that fact to be true. He speaks his fear, getting himself to believe it, and all of his friends as well. And wouldn't the enemy love that? You know, fear turns feelings into facts. And every feeling that you have is most certainly not a fact. Fear is a liar, and we have to remember that. And so I just want to encourage you to give thoughts to the words that you say, especially right now. You know, some of you, my friends, you're speaking negativity and fear and worry and division and anxiety all of the time. And then you wonder why you're not living a positive, faith-filled, unified, peaceful life. You believe what you say, it impacts you. And I want you to hear this, that it's not just about getting our words right, okay? Here at City First Church, we are not about behavior modification, just trying to sound good and look good and act like we are good. We are about Holy Spirit, life transformation. So it's not just about getting our words right, but we do want to get our hearts right. And do you know that your words are an indicator of where your heart is at? Luke 6, 45 says this, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know, sometimes if I need to do a litmus test of where my heart is at, I'll simply begin to listen to my own words. And it indicates where my heart is because our heart and our words are tied together. And so in this season, if you find yourself in a storm of life, if things are hard, you're at home homeschooling your kids, you're at work and business hasn't been great, there's stress in your relationship or your marriage because of all the tension being put on us right now, I want to encourage you to dig deep into God's word. Turn up that worship music if you don't know what words to declare. And let's be people who speak life to ourselves and our households and our workplaces and to other people. We want to speak life in the storm. The next thing that we want to focus on, the fourth thing that is going to help us to stay strong in the middle of the storm is we want to check your focus. Check your focus. Okay, what you focus on grows. Like, have you ever had your eye on that thing? You know, that thing that you really want. You really want that purse or that car or that house or those shoes or that person. And the more that you focus on it, the more that it grows. The more that you focus on it, check the website. Where's the listing at? Has there been a price drop? The more that you talk about it, look at it, think about it, the more you want it, the more that it grows. Desire follows attention. What you focus on will grow. If you focus on something, it will become more amplified in your life. It begins to expand, get larger, take up more room, take up more space. See, in our story here, the disciples were focused on the storm. They were focused on the wind and on the waves and on the unknown of their situation. And the more that they focused on their circumstances, the more that they focused on those waves, the more fearful they got eventually calling out in fear. But what if they would have focused on faith? focused on Jesus. Remember what Jesus did yesterday. For sure, he can come through for us again today. If he would have focused on the right things, then faith will begin to grow. It's like a muscle, and it gets stronger the more that you use it. If they would focus on faith, it would begin to expand, take up more room in their heads and in their hearts and in their spirit. See, Peter's focus determined his direction, and the same is true for each and every one of us. 
When he focused on the waves, he was fearful. And when he focused on Jesus, he was faith-filled. It's extremely difficult, and I know this firsthand. It can be extremely difficult to focus when you are in the middle of the storm. feels like you're being thrown about and what's going on, and it feels out of control. But that's the time we need to lean in and focus the most. You know, many of you know Adam and I and that we have two handsome, wild boys, Nash and Ryder. Nash is four and Ryder is three. And Ryder was born in May of 2017. And just a few hours after he was born, I'll never forget this entire experience, a doctor walked in and he pointed out that Ryder had extremely puffy feet. And as a mama, I just thought, these are the cutest feet I've ever seen. But the doctor said that these, these feet are actually abnormal. And it could be a symptom of two different diseases, one much more severe than the other one, but both diseases being extremely rare. Well, that launched our family into a series of testing for Ryder to try to diagnose what was going on. And that testing lasted for nine months before they were able to determine what was going on with Ryder's little body. Now, at that time, I remember we had a one-year-old, Nash was only one years old, and Ryder was a newborn, and we were just so shocked, and we felt tossed around by the waves of that storm of life. And you know, it was big news, and it was unknown, and we didn't see it coming. And during this season, I remember I would find myself drifting towards all of the worst-case scenarios. Doesn't it feel like there's just a gravitational pull towards negativity? There's a gravitational pull towards all the worst-case scenarios so many times, and that's where I found myself being pulled to. And I was thinking, what if Ryder could never walk? What if Ryder is in pain his whole life? What if all the kids make fun of him? I wanted to cry out in fear just how Peter did. And I remember Adam saying to me, babe, you got to check your focus. What are you focusing on? No, we're not going to ignore the practical steps that we need to do. We're seeing doctors. We're doing all of the practical, helpful things for our son. But also, we don't just live in the practical, physical realm of things. We are people of faith. And we, we walk by faith. We don't walk by sight. And all I could see was the problems and the negativity. But I began to put my focus back on faith. And as I did that, things began to shift in our hearts and in our home and in the tenor. I began to speak life in the middle of that storm. Instead of sitting there and worry, I began to rise up and speak life over Ryder. And I began to praise God. God, thank you that you made Ryder. Thank you that he is healthy. Thank you that he has two feet. Some people don't have that. Thank you that you've given him healthy lungs and a healthy heart and a healthy body. And things began to change as we took our focus off of the unknown and put our focus on the known, which is God and his character. Our circumstances had changed, but the character and the faithfulness of God never changed the entire time. He was with us every single moment of that storm. And you fast forward to today, and if you've seen my son Ryder, he is a perfectly healthy boy with no problem getting around. Yeah, his feet are still swollen. He has something that's called Milroy disease. It's a form of lymphedema. He has isolated swelling from below the knee down to his feet, but he is a happy and a healthy boy, and he will Hulk smash anything or anyone at any moment. And we praise God for Ryder. And that Jesus is still with us as we navigate his situation in that season. But just how I needed a nudge during that season to check my focus. I want to ask you today as a pastor and as a friend in your life, where's your focus? 
Where do you need to shift your focus from what it's on? Maybe it's on some waves and storms in your life. Maybe it's all on the negative things that's going on around you, in your home, in your workplace, the thoughts, the negative thoughts that you've been having. How do you need to shift from those waves onto Jesus? And here's what I love about Peter, and it's the last truth as we wrap up our time together. In the midst of the storm, as long as Peter kept his eyes on Jesus, he had the courage to move. That's our last point, move. And if we want to be strong in the storm, it's going to require each and every one of us to move, to move our thoughts, to move our minds, move our focus, move in a step of faith. And we have the strength to do that when we focus on Jesus. He gives us the courage to do what he's asking us to do. And if he's asking us to do it, it's always for our best interest and the best interest of those around us. And here's what I love about this story. It's my favorite part about the story that we've read today is that we see Peter go from a place of crying out in fear, a grown man so scared by his circumstances, so overcome by the waves and the winds that were against him that he cried out in fear. We see the same man move to the opposite extreme of walking on water. And although we see Peter's demeanor change and we see his approach change, and although we see Peter move from fear to faith, I want to point out to us today that the environment that Peter is in does not change. The environment doesn't change. Peter is what changes. The storm didn't cease, yet Peter went from speaking fear to speaking faith. The storm didn't cease, and yet Peter went from standing still to walking on water. It was only after Peter was back in the boat did Jesus calm the waves and the wind. The wind and the waves didn't stop, and then Peter was part of a miracle. By the power of Jesus, Peter performed one of the greatest miracles walking on water while he was in the middle of the storm. The storm didn't stop, and then Peter walked on water. The miracle took place in the middle of the storm. And may I remind us, church, that miracles are still taking place in the middle of life's storm. Don't miss out on this season. Don't hate this season. Don't wait, waste this season. You might think I'm in a storm of life and I just have to hunker down and see it through. But do you know what? You might be in the storm of life and God wants to do a miracle in the middle of your storm. You don't have to just stand still in fear. You can take a step of faith in the middle of your storm. You know, I don't know what you're walking through right now, what diagnosis, what crisis, what hardship, but Jesus is still working miracles. He wants to do a miracle in your life. He wants a miracle to happen for you, a miracle of restoration, broken marriage healed in the name of Jesus. He wants to do a physical healing, a breakthrough, freedom from addiction right in the middle of your storm. Some of you are just waiting for the storm to stop and then you're thinking, I'll step out in faith. You're waiting for the wind to be for you and not against you and then you'll speak life. You've bought into the lie that if these circumstances change, if these storms slow down, if my spouse does this, if my job does this, then I'll be more grateful, more content. But you are waiting for the storm to shift, thinking that then your heart will follow. But maybe just like Peter, your heart needs to shift. Your focus needs to shift. And then the storm and the circumstances will follow. Peter stepped out in the middle of the storm. He moved from extreme fear to extreme faith in the middle 
of the storm. He had the courage in the middle of the storm. He didn't wait for his circumstances to move, and then he moved. He physically and spiritually moved, and then circumstances moved. And as long as his eyes were on Jesus, the miracle was in motion. You know, when we're playing sports with Nash, he has a desired outcome to get somewhere, make progress to win. We always say to him, keep your eyes on the ball, keep your eyes on the ball, keep your eyes on the ball. At a completely different level of importance, eyes on Jesus, eyes on Jesus. We don't want to sink eyes on Jesus. We want courage, eyes on Jesus. We want a miracle to be set in motion, eyes on Jesus. There's a lot of things that will try to distract us, deter us, discourage us, divide us, confuse us, but we've got to be people who don't look at all of that, focus on all of that. We've got to be people who keep our eyes, our focus on Jesus. Jesus is everything that you need right now. Jesus has everything that you need right now. You're focusing on everything and everyone else thinking they have what you need. Jesus has what you need right now. He is what will allow you to move from fear to faith, even if nothing else changes yet in your physical life. And when you move in faith, yes, fear will still creep in. It happened to Peter. He took his eyes off Jesus, set his focus on the waves. He began to sink, but he did the next best thing. He, got, he called out to Jesus, help me, save me. And Jesus immediately reached down and pulled him up because we serve a gracious God who is a God of chance after chance after chance with him. So stop waiting for your circumstances to change and ask God, how does my heart need to change? How does my focus need to change? How do my words need to change? How do I need to change and take a step of faith during this season? How do I need to move and set that miracle into motion? My prayer and my belief for each and every one of us today is that God wants us to be strong in the middle of the storm and He wants us to be moving so miracles can be happening right now in our lives. And I'm gonna take a minute, I wanna pray for all of us today, but before we do that, I wanna give everyone an opportunity. If you've never made Jesus the leader and forgiver of your life, we wanna give you the opportunity to do that today. What you're saying is that you believe Jesus is the Son of God, that He died on a cross and rose again for your sins, giving you a new life. We're talking about having strength in the storm, purpose in the storm. That's what happens when we follow Jesus. He gives us a new life and a purpose-filled life. So if that's you, would you just repeat after me as I say this prayer? Heavenly Father, thank you for your son Jesus, that he died for me, forgave me of my sins, that I get a brand new start today. I wanna follow you and in your name, amen. Amen, best decision that you have ever made. And for the rest of us, I wanna say a prayer of courage and strength for us, no matter what you're walking through. God, we thank you for how good you are. We thank you that you are always with us, that you never abandon us. And God, I pray for my friends who maybe are facing some storms in their lives right now. Today, I pray they would remember that you're with them and realize, God, that they're never alone. I pray they would speak life in the middle of a storm, God, and that they would focus on you and have the courage to continue to move even in the middle of their storms and we're believing for breakthroughs and miracles. We love you, God, and in your name, amen. We love you, City First Church.